Yo, this is Steve Bloom, and you're watching Moana Nui Podcast. We'll be starting soon. Don't go anywhere. I'm Veronica Taylor. I'm from myself and Ash Ketchum. I just want to say, Moana Nui, I choose you! That you're being asked for an yeah, interview? I've been, do, I mean, I've been doing conventions for a long time and, and um, you know, running panels are just, I love doing panels, but now I, I've got my first book being published later this year and, and like my publisher told me, so you know, you're going to have to do book signings and interviews and all that's like, okay, yes. this, is, this is different. <laughs> Hopefully all these years of doing panels has uh, made it easy for me to talk about something. Well, it, it's going to be like a conversation. It's just yeah. me and you. You teaching, don't have exactly teaching high school has made it easy to talk about things because at least with things like this, I'm talking about something I'm actually interested in, as opposed to pretending to be interested to make the kids inspired to actually read the book. Exactly. Well, you know, this hope I, I we're looking forward that these interviews will inspire more Do you want people. Me to keep the mask on? That is up to you. I, I made sure I kept proper spacing okay, for you okay, too. Yes. Because you have it on all day. Just went to no one's wearing the mask, and I don't miss it. Okay. Although I think it was a good idea. <laughs> and I mean, conventions, con cruds a real thing yes it is before we had this pandemic so. yes and we don't want to combine it with no. the concrud either no. <laughs> I, did, I did a convention a couple uh, about a month ago a small small anime uh, convention and uh, we got stopped everyone who arrived by plane and everyone who had lunch with those people came down with them people who would have managed to avoid it for two years mm -hmm. it got them so it's still out there. It's it's not as deadly, but it's still definitely yeah. Deadly. Yeah, it's just evolving. Like I tell people, it's like the flu. You know, mm -hmm. it started off that was our last pandemic was the flu, right. and now it has weakened in a form that is not a do. yeah. It's generally what viruses do because the the weaker they get, the more they can infect more people. If it kills mm -hmm. you in ten days, it's like there's only so many people you can. Fact, yes. The ideal uh, virus is one you don't even know you have. Mm-hmm. So. So yes, it's. I tell people viruses are very tricky little creatures. Oh, they've been they've been messing with us since we've been us. So. Yes, and I was like, that's the reason why they've been here for thousands of mm -hmm. years. <laughs> Well, um, definitely, once again, welcome and thank you for being here at Dragon Con. Um, and this is the Moana Nui podcast. Um, our podcast folk, uh, is, uh, we have a lot of people that is from the con community, creatives and writers and stuff that are our audience. So we like to, um, especially when we're at cons, connect them to people that um, has inspired or 
are people behind the scenes that make a lot of the things they love happen. So um, I'm. Thank you for inviting. Me. You're welcome. And for the people that is being introduced to you for the first time, can you give a um, a, a short sure. uh, introduction to yourself? Well, the vast majority of people have no idea who I am. <laughs> My name is Bill Mulligan. I'm a high school science teacher in uh, Sanford, North Carolina, right in the middle of North Carolina. Um, how I got involved in all this, I'm an indie filmmaker. Found some friends in Central Carolina who like to make horror movies, and we've made now five feature films and probably about two dozen shorts. One of them, Blood of the Mummy, our latest one, is, is on Amazon Prime at the moment. These are very low budget and a lot of fun to make. Hopefully they're as enjoyable to watch as they were to actually make, although probably not. Uh, and, and also, um, I do a lot of conventions. I do podcasts, Decades of Horror, the 1970s and 1980s, where I have the benefit of being old enough to have actually seen these movies in theaters in the 1970s and 1980s. And the video store junkies, where we do some deep dives into films. And when, pan when the pandemic hit, nobody was making screenplays or anything. I love writing. I was writing a lot of screenplays and a lot of projects just went right down the tube. So I decided to try to turn one of my screenplays into a book. And it, uh, the book's name is Rom, and it will be published from Falstaff uh, Books later this year. And I'm very, very happy about that, and I'm hoping I can, I'm working on the sequel right now, and hoping I can, getting close to retirement. And I can think of worse ways to spend the rest of my life than fishing and writing. Because mm -hmm. I don't catch a lot of fish, so there's a lot of downtime, and uh, while I was just sitting out there waiting, I put a, got another 300 words down or so, so you just... You grab it when you can. When I'm retired, I'll have a lot of time. Yes. I have a lot of ideas still to try to get out there. So I'm hoping this will continue. And I have missed the conventions. The last two years were awful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just unrewarding as a teacher. Very disappointing. There's people I only see at conventions, and I haven't seen those people in years. Some of them will be here. Some of them are still waiting a little bit until things improve more, and I understand that. Mm -hmm. But it's been rough. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I tell people, like, this year of conventions is like a family reunion. Everybody's oh, hugging yes. each other, like, oh my gosh, I haven't it seen is. you in so long. And, and, you know, there's some we're not going to see again. I mean, yeah. nutrition. Luckily, not so much from COVID, but things happen, and, and you just realize, wow, there are these people. It's, it's a weird community because you feel super close. I know more about the personal life of some of my Facebook friends than I do my parents. And, and so there's that... Uh, illusion of close, I mean, you are close to them, you know so much about them, but then you realize, how often have I actually seen this person? Mm -hmm. How many times have we been in the same room and I can, I can count on my fingers and have some left over? So, it, you know, that's part of social media and everything. But, you know, you gotta get that physical contact now and again, it makes things real. Yes. Of course, finding someone here at Dragon Con is, is insane. <laughs> you know, you get back and like, I had a great, you read, I had a great time at Dragon Con. It's like, you were there? How did I not know you were there? Why well, did I not run into you? Well, there's 60,000 people. It's, mm -hmm. it's tough. Yes. And we have multiple buildings that you... Yes. <laughs> they were like, yes, I was in the Sheraton. Oh, I was in the Hyatt. <laughs> well, um, our, first, our next question is, um, what do you think is essential for creating realistic special effects on film? Oh, okay. Yes. So, realistic. Keep in mind, realistic is what people think is real. So, for example, people think blood 
looks very different than real blood. Real blood looks like fake blood because people are so used to seeing movie blood. And in movie blood, they tend to darken it up for the contrast and also because, and this is a strange thing, but back in the day when they were slapping X-rated um, X ratings on horror movies, the horror movie makers discovered if they made the blood dark, you could get away with a lot more. The redness, the bright redness is what really flagged your film. So things like Evil Dead and Phantasm, they just darken the blood to the point where it looks like oil. And if you, so I've been on, I've been on sets, I was, okay, so I was on one set and the guy I was working on was a professional wrestler and the there were too many producers and they would say, oh, that's great. And then someone else would come along and say, it's terrible. And we were having trouble with the blood. He finally got sick of this being told the blood wasn't good enough. So he went into the bathroom and cut himself, which is what professional wrestlers would do back, especially old school guys, and had some real blood coming down his face. Okay, this violates every health law there is in the country, but I'm not going to tell him otherwise. And he came out and they're like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's totally wrong. It's, it's, where it's like, it's blood, it's actual blood. They wouldn't believe us. So, you know, you have to look at that. And, and also keep in mind what's effective can sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's easy to say less is more. Audiences say want a lot, or they think they do. But you can really get away with a little. I think the thing that made me cringe more than anything else I've seen in film was in the movie Jackass, mm -hmm. when these idiots were giving each other paper cuts. And, and everyone in the audience was like, we were cringing, cringing. Now, if I saw someone get chainsawed in half, it's a special effect. I cannot relate to it. I've never been chainsawed in half. I know no one who has been, but we've all had paper cuts. We've all had our hands slammed in a car door. Mm -hmm. Something as simple, the easiest special effect that is realistic and will send audiences running for the exits, if that's your goal, is just take a fake fingernail, stick it on a real fingernail with some blood and latex underneath it, and then show the bad guy pulling it off. Mm -hmm. Put in the sound effects and everything else. Easiest thing in the world, and people will be horrified because we all can relate to that. It's a simple thing, and it's happened to us, many of us. Uh, yeah, so make it relatable, and then it's realistic. And some things are just always bad. Eyes. Anything bad happening to your eye. Also, make it quick. Make it quick. And this is where you got to be mature if you're a special effect person. You spend hours setting up an effect, and when you see it on the screen, it's almost subliminal. It's so quick. And you're like, wow. But you know what? If it works, that's how long it should be. If you hold it for too long, you'll reveal how you did it. A magician, you know, you need to appreciate. And that's why a lot of times when special effects people make their own movies, they're not as good. Because they linger too long on the effects that they've worked so hard on. And less is more with special effects. Mm. Practical effects, I think. Very nice, very nice. Now, uh, what are some of your favorite films you've worked on, whether featured or short films? There's, there's a, a person who's also here as an attending pro, Christopher Moore, uh, as we call him, award-winning filmmaker, Christopher Moore. Great guy and crazy imagination. He came up with a film called Knob Goblins, which is about a castrating demon monster. And he drew it out and it was like a, a carnivorous tadpole with big teeth and horns and could swim through the air. And he said, could you make this? And it's like, I've never made a monster. I'm not really a super talented makeup person. I could do carnage effects, wounds and things, but in terms of doing beauty makeup, and, and I have no sculpting skills, which I wish I had, it would go, oh, I'd be so happy. I have a thing that I'm good at and I try to stick to that, but I never made a monster. 
but this one looked gnarly enough that I could, figured I could try to pull it off, and so we made this. That was so much fun. It was ended up being a hand puppet and a rod puppet. We had a couple of knob goblin wranglers. Christopher, I think he still has the puppet. He goes, I don't know if he brought it this time, but he would walk around with it and pose with people, and it was just so much fun. It was just all teeth and you know, just sort of playing around. It was, if, if people say, what was it made of? It was made of everything, latex and gelatin and hot glue and just everything I could find lying around. The, the more things you use, the, the better it is to trick the audience and never do the same thing twice. So if like you've got two people getting shot, do CGI with one and do the old bullet and wax effect uh, with the button, a button on a string that comes out. If you mix it up, then they think they know how they did it, but the next one doesn't look quite the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I have nothing against CGI. I will, you know, it's boy, it's such a godsend for some of the things that we do, but I don't want to depend on it because it does reveal itself after a while. I understand why people want to use it. It's clean. You do bullet squib effects, bang, 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 bang. It's like okay, take two. Well, we have to hose down the whole building. We have to get a new shirt. The guy's got to take a shower. Continuity's a nightmare. I don't want to be the one to tell James Kahn, oh, we forgot to hit you know, the camera button. We got to set you up with 100 bullet hits again. So uh, Knob Goblins was definitely one of my favorites. Uh, 400 Ways to Kill a Vampire was fun. They've all been fun. Okay, the Blood of the Mummy. I mean, I love that film. It takes six hours to wrap up a mummy. And I knew that because I read it, and, oh, Christopher Lee was in the makeup chair for six hours. We can get this. No. By the time we got to the end, maybe we got it down to five and a half hours. It's. I thought a mummy would be easier. She said, "Oh, we're gonna do a werewolf movie." I'm like, "Oh God, werewolves, putting in hair and everything." But mummy, you just wrap them up. Yeah, you wrap them up, but real mummies don't move around. As soon as they move, the bandages fall off. So there's the challenge to come up with something that wraps up everything, but they can still move around. And six hours is a long time to be sitting in a makeup chair and all of a sudden they're like, hey, by the way, i got to use the bathroom. So get the scissors. And every time, by the time it was over, that, he had to get out of that suit fast. So he just had to cut him out. And that meant next time we had to start all over again. I do love that film, though. It's, it's, it's our latest film. I don't know if we're going to do another feature. It's, it's, COVID's been rough getting everyone back together again. But we're sort of slowly getting back into doing shorts. And that's what always happens. We say, we do a feature, it takes a whole year. We say, we're never doing that again. Let's just do shorts, and then we're doing shorts, and then someone has an idea. And you're like, that, that really needs more time than just 20 minutes. And next thing you know, we're doing a feature. Mm -hmm. I hope. Yes. Well, we definitely hope as things get better, we get out of the, this whole, um, I like to call it the ponderosa of the pandemic. <laughs> that we can get that um, get some momentum. Back. Exactly, because if it wasn't for the arts and films and things like that, a lot of people would not have made it through the pandemic the first two years. And as also a teacher, um, we have continued to see that um, a lot of school counties are are taking more and more of the arts. And, and some aspects of science not as focused in the school system Huge anymore. Um, what is your thoughts and how can, as a world after the pandemic, um, both on a science aspect and an arts aspect, we can do better to help better our 
the next generation to be more prepared, but also bring us more arts and entertainment in the future? Well, I think we need to acknowledge, and my school, just, just a regular, fairly low-income school, uh, we have a good administration, they're doing a great job. The next five years has got to be almost like rehabilitation. The damage done to the kids has not yet been recognized. And, and look, I was one of the people who said we need to shut down the schools and everything. I, I felt like it was the right decision at the time. If I were to do it over again, I would have a completely different point of view. But we didn't know. We didn't know exactly what how things were going to go. But now, looking at it, clearly, whatever risk the virus had, the risk of them losing two years, and also just the psychic damage. There, I've seen more mental illness and depression and suicidal thoughts and things. I mean, it's like 10 years worth of all these things crammed together in one semester last year was, was real a real eye-opener. I think it's made a lot of teachers and students appreciate school. Because when we said, we're going home for two weeks, that's what we thought, two weeks. And then two weeks became two months. I'm like, you know what, this is gonna be fun. We're gonna be shooting movies and we're gonna do this virtual thing. It's gonna be like the future. Okay, that's not the future. I hope it's not the future because it was so unrewarding. And we're seeing our scores, the scores, oh, I expected that. But I just didn't expect how unhappy and depressed the kids would be. And they were so happy to come back. Although, you know, they're, they're behind now, a lot of them. Some thrived, but the majority and the ones who need the most help, the ones who already were having a tough time, there's some that disappeared and they haven't come back. I don't know where they are. Someone out and got jobs and everything. I mean, this this was a terrible thing, and especially those ones who were into arts and music and band and all these social things that bring you together. You know, part of going to school is getting that social aspect. I'm seeing the kids that are coming back there. Like we have an anime club; it's exploding in popularity. Cosplay, you know, all all these things. Kids are just looking for some creative outlet and one that they can share with other people. Because social media is it's like we were talking, it's a weird thing. You're super close to people, but you're really not. You know, the, the, some of your best friends may be people you may never meet in the flesh. And that's, I mean, it's good that they're reaching out and everything, but we are social animals. We need to have that contact. And, and the arts and science, well, the science, don't even get me started. I mean, well, if, if COVID showed anything, it's that um, we have utterly failed in getting people to think critically uh, on every side. Some sides, I'm not gonna get political, some sides worse than others, but every single group, just when I think is like, I uh, can't stand these people, but uh, these guys, and then they'll say something stupid, like, oh, this is here. Science has become politics. Politicians think they're scientists. Reporters apparently never took a science class because they're saying things as like, mm, things scientists would not say awful and we're, we paid a price you know there's a reality what was it Philip K. Dick said reality is that which even if you don't believe in it is still true you know, there's a lot of folks that haven't come to that conclusion yet they just wish for something to be right and like a cat going across a busy street they just put their heads forward and walk across completely ignoring truck bearing down on them it's been very disappointing I thought we were way better prepared for things and COVID was awful, don't get me wrong, but there's worse out there, and there will be worse out there. So if this is how we reacted to this wake-up call, I hope that we're better prepared for the next one. The whole monkeypox thing makes me think, nope, we learned nothing, mm -hmm. not a thing.
yes. And it's definitely one of those that we have to bring more, the things that we haven't concentrated on for so long, bring it back into the schools, um, you know, for the science aspect, because we've seen so many teens, kids, even adults that don't understand how a virus works. But then the art aspect, I, we heard pre-pandemic, a lot of people said, oh, arts is not worth it. They take it out of school, you know, um, orchestra band, unless the band is attached to a football team, that doesn't get funding. They have to raise their own money. Mm -hmm. But then the pandemic showed art entertainment is essential because without people like yourself making movies, we wouldn't have had anything to watch on Netflix or Disney Plus or anything yeah. like that. It keeps you, you know, listen, if I, my kids are all growing up now, my granddaughters are still pretty young, but as soon as they're able to, I'm shoving a movie camera into their hands. Filmmaking is a great way for your kid to make friends. If there's, if they have bullies, have the bullies be stuntmen. I mean, amazing. They'll become your friend. You can make them fall out of trees. Write a script where your, your, your bully pays the price. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where you get together with your friends on the weekend. It's like having a band used to be. I just don't have the musical talent. You, know, you dream you're going to be the next Beatles, Ramones, whatever. Probably not. But if the worst thing that happens is you spent your weekend jamming with some friends, that's good. Movie Filmmaking is something, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it drunk or stoned, but it's not going to be a very good film. You get together with people, you create stuff, you have something to show for it. I mean, that's, that's a good way to spend the weekend. More useful than, I have nothing against video games. I'm just not into them because I don't have the time. And give your kids things that, they, boredom is the worst thing. Boredom, why do kids take drugs? Because they're bored. And I, who can blame them? Boredom's awful, it's an awful feeling. If a drug can make time pass by, why wouldn't they take it? Mm -hmm. But let's give them alternatives. And, and yeah, also if your child was blessed with artistic talent, the ability to draw, it doesn't mean they're necessarily gonna become an artist as a career, that's a tough job, but it's something you can use forever. If you're working in an office and they find out, oh, you can draw? Well, that makes you valuable. When it comes time to lay people off, let's make sure we can keep the one who can draw for the newsletter or whatever. I mean, that's one more thing in you, it's like being bilingual. They're not going to let you go because you are useful, more useful than other people. It's a good thing to have. Definitely should be encouraged. Yes. Well, we are at time and thank you so much. Uh, See if what happens when you get me talking? That's alright. <laughs> can you tell everyone how they can follow you on social media? Uh, I am on Facebook, uh, Bill Mulligan. Uh, look for the avatar, Robot Chicken. Because There's a lot of Bill Mulligans out there. Um, Decades of Horror, which is in gruesomemagazine.com. Uh, we do the two, two podcasts there and video store junkies. And uh, look for Sick Chick Flicks on YouTube. Blood of the Mummy, I think, is, is the one that you can see there now. And look for my upcoming book, Raum, R-A-U-M. It's about a lawyer who accidentally summons a demon. And it will be coming out from the fine folks at Falstaff Books. The, the North Carolina has some great small press. Falstaff, Mocha Memoirs, I mean, just really top-notch people. Very entertaining stuff, high-quality stuff. It is an honor to be, to be joining this group. I am so happy about that. 
and uh, thank you so much for this. And keep going to the conventions. We're back. Things are better than ever. People are having a great time. It's it's a life. It's a life. Yeah. So it's perfect. Thank you, everyone, and uh, tune in for the next interview. Thank you. your first Dragon Con? It is not. Okay. Um, this is actually my 10th Dragon Con. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And this is your first time cosplaying? It is not. I actually started cosplaying in 2019. Okay, nice. And what was your first cosplay up? My very first cosplay was Gems and the Hologram. <laughs> nice. Okay, a classic. And so, what are three things that you love about Dragon Con? Oh, boy. I love meeting new people. Mm -hmm. I love that everyone can be creative and it's no judgment. Mm -hmm. And I really love being able to see other cosplays and just all the panelists and all the events that we can do. Nice. And so what advice would you give to someone who is new to Dragon Con? I would tell them to be themselves. Mm -hmm. I would tell them to have fun. And I would tell them to be creative and whatever they can think of that they want to cosplay, go for it. Great. Well, thank you so much. You look fabulous, and I hope you join the rest of your Dragon Con. Thank you. So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If they won't tell it, we will If this the land of the free, it was a freedom then When they annexed Hawaii and called it Sea the Lands Without any type of payment and no signing off Called themselves the Republic in 1894 1.2 million acres overtaken from the native Hawaiians When they resisted, the West retaliated in violence and erasure The Hawaiian language is banned As part of colonialism's plan to expand, yeah Stuck between a rock and a hard place Multiple bombings of Koholave As a part of their ongoing war with Asia Used it as a place for target practice No consent or compensation Colonizers call for annexation No work out for all the locals School will never let you know So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will Stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If they won't tell it We will, we will So if we put Hawaii in a perspective Well black and Asian history is interconnected Considering the fight with the Pacific The 
Then of course versus Asia They was treated as a middleman for war But didn't let the western colorism run its course Cause dark skin was a sign of dignity to core The land was taken in the name of capitalism When prior to it was an actual kingdom Clap back at the system Stuck between a rock and a hard place Multiple bombings of Koholave As a part of their ongoing war with Asia Used it as a place for target practice no consent or compensation Colonizers call for annexation Network of all the locals School will never let you know So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will Too many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf if we won't tell it, we will Too many stories left to tell Even if we had to ourselves can keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will We will